Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 21 of the Professional Book Nerds podcast. This is Adam. I am not joined by Jill today because she is out recovering from an injury that she had while she was running. Uh, so this episode is going to be just a little bit different. A few notes right at the front. You're not going to hear our lovely introduction music. And I'm also recording this on a phone, so I'll be interested to see if it sounds better or worse for you. Um, but if it doesn't sound super great, that's why. And you can feel free to tell us that it's annoying because it doesn't sound great if it doesn't. But that's okay. Uh, what we are going to do today is, thankfully, I work at a company full of people who not only love books, but also really good friends who are willing to talk about books at a moment's notice. So. We're going to talk about young adult books today, and I am joined by Christina and Andrea, who not only are they my two very good friends and two of my favorite people on earth, but you guys read more YA books than I think anyone on the planet. So <laughs> this is both of your first times on the podcast, right? Yeah. Correct. Okay. So we'll be totally cool and nice and relaxed. They're both really nervous, so... Palpitations going on right Yeah. Now. They're really... They're not sure... I can see it in their eyes that they're both nervous. I'm just going <laughs> to call it out out front, uh, and that way we can all address the elephant in the room. So uh, this is going to be a normal episode. We're going to talk about books that they're excited about and books they've been reading, and we're going to give some book recommendations and all that good stuff, and it's going to be everything young adult. So I will kick, uh, kick it off by asking you guys, what have you been reading lately? Um, well, I'm currently reading um, A Court of Mist Mis and Fury by Sarah J. Maas, which just came out two May 3rd May 3rd so about a week ago okay and it's everything and more I just finished it and it should be noted that this book is not necessarily appropriate for all YA audiences definitely <laughs> um, more mature YA more mature YA for sure uh, so just be aware of that but Sarah J Maas is amazing and the book is amazing and I can't wait for Andrea to finish it so we can talk about it Rushing me. They also sit right next to each other in the <laughs> office and talk about all the books that they've been reading. So this will happen, I think, a lot that you both have probably read some similar books. Well, she gives me a lot of the recommendations. Like, a lot of my very favorite recommendations came from her. So. And it's a lot of, where did you leave off? Where are you now? What just happened? <laughs> tell me, tell me. And I'm, like, not looking at her. She's like, wait, is this a spoiler? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so I'm actually, I just finished reading The Winner's Curse by Marie... Marie Rutowski. Uh, I really like that. She recommended it to me. Andrea did. Um, it was very different because the premise is, is it near future? Is it not future? I is it completely made up? Alternate. Alternate. Okay. Well, the heroine in the story kicks butt. I say kick butt all the time. She <laughs> um, is a war strategist, and I love to see that as a YA heroine. And there's obviously some romance, but it's not all romance, like the story and plot is right. really well done. And you finished the whole series. Yes. I finished uh, the last book last week. How many books are in this series? Andrea has this uh, capability to read incredibly fast. So it's only three. Oh, it's, only it's only three only books. Three. Okay. Alright, so what else do we got? Um, what else have I read recently? Well, the you Glass read... Sword by Victoria Aveyard. Yeah, so you like that. That was really glass good. 
series, since we're talking about Sarah J. Moss, you read that. I'm reading that next. Yeah, Throne of Glass series, which is amazing. The cover reveal for book five comes out tomorrow. <laughs> is book five the last one? There's six. Oh, it's going to take me forever. So, one, two, three. Yeah, there's six books. The fifth one comes out. Reveal. Cover comes out tomorrow. It won't come out until September. And I know that, so you, that I heard, I feel like I heard Throne in like four or five different books you guys just picked. Um... <laughs> I know that I'm going to ask you guys this, but because I know, and you're both also very much like my wife, who is friends with both of you as well, you all read very similar books, is there a type of, like, sub-genre of YA that you tend to steer towards? I I definitely gravitate more towards the sci-fi fantasy kind of realm. I really (laughs) like retellings. Retellings, too. Which is what the... Throne of Glass is Cinderella. Yeah, she because Sarah J. Maas said, what happened to Cinderella went to the ball, not to dance with the prince, but to kill the prince. Mm-hmm. And then Court of, Court of Thorn and Roses, which is the first book, and Beauty the other is Beauty and the Beast, but that kind of goes off the grid. After yeah, she kind of kind of dropped that. Yeah, she kind of dropped that. Retellings, uh, A.G. Howard, the Splintered series, that's a retelling of, not a retelling, it's Alice in Wonderland in the future. Well, it's Alice is real. Right. And it's what happens to her great, great, great granddaughter. So imagine if Wonderland really existed. I'm like the Mad Hatter. Don't act like I don't do that every day of my life. (laughs) I love that series. Splintered, Unhinged, and Ensnared. And it's uh, Alice's great, great granddaughter. Right. And she... She is to save Wonderland. Yeah, Wonderland is in danger and she has to take on the Red Queen and there's love. There's a love triangle, which you didn't warn me about. Because you wouldn't read it otherwise. I hate love triangles, which is so strange because I read so much YA. Uh, but she didn't tell me about those. There is a love triangle, everyone. I'm preparing you. But it's a good love triangle, <laughs> and it resolves itself in a way that I feel, you know, isn't super angsty. Which, yes. again, why do I read YA? <laughs> love triangles Quit. and angst? So, <laughs> like, what are we talking about? I hate angst, and I hate YA type things but I love reading YA that's all I'm hearing you say yeah. isn't is Cinder that's is that one I'm, yes. I'm just stepping out I'm Meyer, yeah, that's okay one. yeah she I, wrote Sailor Moon fan fiction that was like how she got her start I know that because I read it she's amazing <laughs> um I just know that my wife I feel like read the Cinder books yeah Christina it. was the one who recommended it to her I yeah, that's I, a retelling too. That's what I thought. So that's what I was trying yeah, to. Oh, I'm now seeing where your truth is going. Yeah, I understand that. That's in, it's like steampunk Cinderella kind of a thing, right? Yes. Sort of. Yes, uh, Cinderella is a cyborg. Correct, and it does take place in future Earth, like in future Earth. Earth, future Earth. So it's not alternate. Well, it is, I guess, but it actually exists in our time. Like we can not our time. It exists in the future, but in the world we live in. Not some like crazy made up alternate universe or anything like that. Nice. Okay, uh, before I ask my next question, are there other books that you've been reading that you want to talk about? Mm. Scarlet series. I go. really like that. The A.C. Goggins series. It's uh, retelling of Robin Hood. But I can't Back say who, who's it about because that's like a spoiler, isn't it? Yes. Okay, well, she is a bandit in Robin Hood's gang. And mm-hmm. I really liked her character. Her name's Scarlet. And you find out a lot about her origin and who she really is. And obviously Prince John's there. And it's she's, like, such... She kicks butt as well. Like, I love when the female is her own character and it's not, like, the romance drives it. That's me. Yeah, she saves herself. And Robin Hood is just, like, a parallel character who just right. happens to be a babe. 
So that kind of goes into my next question. I was going to ask you what types of characters you like to read about, even though I know what types of characters you both like to read about. It's very much the same as my wife. My wife's going to get a lot of references here because, <laughs> Hi, again, Alex. yeah, they, they both know Alex. Should have pulled um, her into I should have pulled her into this. Um, but I know that there's a specific type of character that she loves to read about, but I'll let you guys talk about, like, the certain type of character yeah, I in just, way. I just really like that strong female character who's like, I'm not waiting for you to save me. I'm going mm -hmm. to save you. Mm -hmm. Right. And she has her own set of skills, like Liam Neeson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I, I think when she... I, I love when the author does a really great job. Like Sarah J. Moss does this. AC Goggin does this. Like They set up their characters to be strong women. Mm -hmm. And then what their challenges are... are It's not just, here's a girl, here's the problem, here's why she's need needs saving. It's mm -hmm. like it, it kind of creates this whole origin of why they came to be so strong and powerful. And then the actual problems and their quests that they go on it's not surprising that they're able to defeat them it's just it's i really mm -hmm. like when the females can save themselves or when they start as that like kind of meek and mild but that's something happens to them and mm -hmm. they're like well i need to shape up yeah and then they become that strong character yeah kind of like and this isn't really really ya but it sort of is like queen of the tearling is kind of the same thing like the, that's a great one the main character is awesome she's she's a badass um, yeah, can we say badass? I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and say we. Yeah, I'm gonna. We work. We work with schools, so. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and say that we can. I'll throw a disclaimer at the beginning of this when we're all done. Um, another one similar to Queen of the Tearling, and I referenced it in the last podcast I was on. But Wolf by Wolf is this series. It is a alternate universe where Hitler won World War II. That's all I'm gonna say because in like two weeks we're gonna have the author actually on the podcast. And she's amazing, and the lead character is a female who is just the coolest. I mean, I am like I'm gonna spend that entire podcast gushing about her, so I won't do that here. Um, but yeah, I think you guys would actually both really like that, and I have copies of it that well, I will provide. Well, we're gonna provide. read it, obviously. Yep, of course. All right, so something that I wanted to make Christina talk about, and Andrea, you're gonna be as well, but mainly Christina is. I want to talk about books that make you cry. Why do you do this? So here's the thing. I, as a male, I'm a very emotional male, and I feel like all the YA books that I really love or remember, I am drawn to because they're incredibly emotional. So I have a few, so I will open up first and make the room more comfortable. Um, this I'm is what, Yeah, exactly. So this is where it ends. We talked about this was actually the first interview I did with the author, uh, Marik Nijkamp, whose name I always still struggle with. But that's all about school shootings. It's very, very emotional. But I think I've told you both about that one. Uh, 13 Reasons Why is another very sad one. Uh, Fault in Our Stars, I feel like, is the go-to. Saddest one of the all The saddest time. one of all. Um, the Knife of Never Letting Go is super sad. That may or may not involve animals. God. At that. I know. But I... As soon as I, someone tells me it involves animals and it's sad, I'm like, I'm out. I know. I, I'm done. It's really good, though. It doesn't matter. It's, it's the best book in the world. If an animal dies, I'm out. Well, I didn't say that an animal dies. I said that there's an animal in there that you get attached to. Which, and then it's sad. That so. doesn't, no, it doesn't mean that the animal dies. This is Unsolicited not a, animal death. <laughs> this is not a new book, so it's okay. Um, and then also The Book Thief is sad. super sad. So um, I think, and I was trying to figure out why I love all these books that make me cry. And I think I realized that the first, like, quote-unquote YA book I ever read was The Outsiders, which is super sad, and I, re I read it all the time still, and I was like, maybe that's why, there's all these other sad books remind me of The Outsiders, so 
their big tough guy just admits all the books that he cries about. So now you guys have no excuse not to talk about yours. <laughs> well, the problem is, is like I always cry. I am just such a crier, and like I. You do. I cry all the time. <laughs> like I'm such an emotional person. And sad commercials, but for me, I like books. I think I figured it out. I like books that make me cry because it means that I'm having a reaction to something, and the books touch me in some way. Not always. Maybe how I wanted them to. I don't want to go into it crying, but like I think <laughs> YA books, especially when you're young, when you're a teenager, that's like the hardest, most stressful time in your life. So you're already emotional at that time, and then to see these like kids kind of go through some hard stuff, you're like, God, I remember how hard it was just to be 16, 17 years old. Imagine this going on, and then tears start flying. <laughs> but for me, I think the book that made me cry the hardest was. The Lovely Bones. I actually read that my senior year of high school. Mrs. Hiley. It was um, an AP English uh, required read. And I think I went to an all-girls high school. So, I mean, you know, a lot of emotions is already everywhere. Right. And I remember I read that book and it's, you know, it's very heavy material. Um, there's rape and murder in, in the first chapter and it's told from the protagonist's perspective, Susie. Uh, I remember our teacher coming in and being like, well, everyone. And all of us were like, why did you make us read that? And I think it's because you know being 17 and you think everything's like so hard enough just going through the motions and then you read these books and you're like okay well it could be worse and it makes you really kind of like grow up a little bit when you read these stories so that one for me I read it three times now and I don't think I could read it again but Alice Sebold wrote it and it's amazing and very lyrically written so if you've not read it read it read it read it read it do it I think the last book that threw me into a funk was Strange and, Strange and Ever After by Susan Dennard. And I bawled my eyes out. Like, it was like ugly cry. Like, you would think something awful just happened to me. And I was in a funk for like three days. And not just like, not like a book hungover. Like, I don't know what else to pick up after that. Like, my, it, it consumed my entire great. life. You never heard that? No, I haven't. I, that, I've had that so many times. Like, a book hangover. I was so depressed for like three days. And my husband's like, you're not allowed to read books anymore. Especially this is what happens when you finish. I'm like, but you don't understand. <laughs> like, it was so good. But he said, then why were you crying? I'm like, because it was so good. I, I, yeah, I can, it's almost like when you finish a book. So not, they don't even have to be super emotional for the book hangover to come. It's just like when you love them. Right. Like, the, Lu the Lunar Chronicles. That wasn't sad by any means, but it ended. It was a five book series, and when it was over, I was just really depressed that it was over. Yeah. I think, and I don't know if you guys are guilty of this, but again, shout out to my wife. Alex does this all the time. She'll pour through a series, and then when she gets to the last book, and she's doing this right now with Morningstar, which is the last Red Rising book, and I'm annoyed because I want to read it next, and she's taking her sweet time because she doesn't want to finish that last book. I do that too. Book. Like, I, for the Winner's Curse, the last one with Marie Rutowski that came out, it probably sat on my kitchen table for a week before I was like, I'm gonna, and I like pre order it and everything. Like, it, yeah. it comes on, you know, shipment day, on release day, and I'm just like, yay, it's here! You're gonna sit over there for a and week because I'm not ready. And then you just stare at it. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what Alex did with Morningstar. She pre-ordered it four months in advance, and it arrived on our doorstep, and it just sat on our bookshelf, and I kept being like, hey, sweetie, are you gonna start reading that so that I can start reading it? You know, that would be really exciting if you could do that, but... I mean, I cried for like three days when Harry Potter ended. Oh yeah, Absolutely. I was like so upset. It wasn't. I mean, every, I, this isn't a spoiler. It doesn't really end in a way that you're like, oh my god, heartbroken. It just. It well, notwithstanding, I mean, Fred. 
But I think for me, it was just, it was over. And I felt like that whole part of my, I'd spent so much time and energy with that series that it was over and I was just really sad because you always think with books that you're not going to be like touched the same way you were again. Like no one's going to top this. Like no one's going right. to be able to do this. And then it happens over and over again because there's so many talented YA authors out there. But with the exception of Harry Potter, because no one will. No ever... one will ever top that. No one. Yeah. I um, oh, I love Harry Potter so much. So we've done multiple Harry Potter podcasts, so I won't get into we, that. I won't again. get into it. Yeah. Um, all right. I was really hoping that one of you would get really emotional while we talked about the books that made you emotional, but I failed. I almost did. It. I was like, I waited. For, I like cued to Andrea. I was like, start talking. <laughs> to be fair, my heart hurts right now. Okay. Well, I guess mission accomplished for that. Um, all right. So you guys both mentioned you like fantasy and sci-fi, and that's right up my uh, you know my alley as well. So I have a few, and I'll let you guys find yours as as I talk, but. Um, I have a few sci-fi fantasy YA ones that I really like. Zeros by Scott Westerfeld. I think I might have mentioned that in a past podcast, but it's like a teenager X-Men kind of a thing. But uh, I the, think I remember you talking about yeah, that. Yeah, they have really unique powers, so that's pretty cool. Um, Ready Player One, it's not technically YA, but Jill and I have to mention it at least once a podcast because we're obsessed with it. Um, so that I'm obsessed with. Harry Potter, we just mentioned. Uh, the Maze Runner series is really good. Uh, and then the fifth wave, I think. One of I think one Wait, of you just mentioned one. it. Yeah, I read the yeah. I read the first one. There's a lot of characters in it, and they're very similar. And then I didn't read the second one for a really long time, so I think I have to reread the first yeah, one before too. I do. And I just there's so many new yeah, books. I think when I read the second one, I was like, it took me like five minutes to remember who was who. Was who. Mm-hmm. You get mad at me because I don't read books if I find out the series isn't done. Like she'll tell yeah. me about a book, and you did this with me to me too. Thorn and Roses. You didn't tell me it was a two-book series. At nope. that point, she doesn't tell me when a book isn't like a standalone, which at this point I should realize it's why there might be a series involved. Yeah. But I don't like to read books if I don't... I'm, I'm bad about it. I, I need to know what happens, so that's why I read very exhaustively. So with, with your recommendations, I have to ask the questions. Is there a love triangle? Is it finally done? Like, what, what's yeah. going to... I'm just going to start responding with, I don't know. Well, and for me, I'm, I'm terrible with names. Like I'm ho- Someone can come up to me and say... Hey, my name's Tony. And I'm like, great to meet you, Tony. And seconds later, I'm like, I don't remember that human being's name. And so when it comes to books that have a lot of names, then actually Red Rising, the series is like this because they have lots of long, like Greek and Roman names. I am constantly looking up and like, I don't remember any of these people. And so I'm, I'm like you, I really should just wait until the whole series is done and then read them all. But I don't want to wait. See, but then I get nervous with spoilers. Because that happened to me with The Red Queen. I didn't read it right away. And then, which happened to you, and I told you not to go looking. I'm sorry. Um, and then I read a spoiler, and I'm like, oh! Well, well what were you looking that the spoiler was? Was it in a review of the book? Well, it might have been on Tumblr. Well, okay. The Red Queen spoiler, I, mine was on Pinterest, because I was looking at the jacket cover for the second book, because, you know, you can pin books. We do it at Overdrive all the time. And someone had pinned the jacket cover of the second book, and then in the description, like, revealed a huge spoiler, like, now that this has happened, catch on to the next. And I was like, whoa! <laughs> now and then she looked at me and she was like why are you on Pinterest looking at the jacket covers and I was like I feel like that's fair game though you shouldn't put a huge spoiler in the jacket cover description people have no shame <laughs> all right so you said sci-fi and, and fantasy do you guys have some some additional book recommendations that you're interested in I know I'm kind of jumping all over the map with, um, with the notes you made for yourselves I uh, don't knock my notes no I'm happy you have notes that's what I'm Bullet saying I feel bad I feel bad I know that I'm jumping all around <laughs> Um, I liked Michelle Hodkins' Mara Dyer series. Not so much sci-fi or fantasy, more psychological thriller. Okay. 
Um, I don't really know how to describe it without giving things away, other than it messes with your head in a good way. Like, that's the book that you would need, that's the series you need to binge on. Okay. Because each one ends in, like, a major cliffhanger. And you're like, the whole time you're reading it, I don't even know what I read. Hmm. But it's good. Okay. I'm telling you. You're selling me on it. That's fair. I'll let you borrow them. Oh, okay. Well, I like that. Except for the third one, because that one's signed. You can't have that. <laughs> I like that you don't trust me with your books that are signed. <laughs> I don't signed. trust anyone with signed books, okay. to be fair. Yeah. Um, well, we talked a lot about the, some of the sci-fi ones that I was pretty excited about. I just, mean, how about just any recommendation? Well, right now we're running the Overdrive Summer Read Program for students, mm-hmm. uh, K through 12, and there are eight titles this year that are available, and divided between like juvenile which is more all readers mostly on the younger side and then we have a YA collection and there are four books all really great but for me the ones I'm most excited about are The New Wild by Holly Brasher which is basically the world erupts in flames and these two kids two teenagers are at summer camp when it happens and they hate each other so the world's ended or is ending essentially um I think due to the fact that we don't treat the world the way it sh- we should it just erupts in flames which is terrifying and these two kids are some they somehow survive I haven't read it okay I'm excited about it so yeah. I'm tell, I'm describing it poorly but these two kids survive and they have to like embark on the terrain and they hate each other and she's like really annoyed to be stuck with him and then obviously they kind of fall in love but that doesn't glamorize it at all so like they talk about the fact that like her hair is dirty and she hasn't been able to brush her teeth like what really goes on in the apocalyptic scenario like you're not going to be like and her hair was glistening in the wind it's going to be like she looked rough but I still <laughs> liked her anyway like I think it I think that one sounds really good I know exactly why you're excited about that so a little behind the curtain for Christina she's constantly thinking about how she would survive in like a dystopian end of the world situation so this is like literally your I'm ready yeah I'm ready for all I'm always looking for ways to like come up with new scenarios like my friends hate it because I'm like guys what if and like right away they're like she's gonna ask this question Look, I love you but you would not survive I would you, too no you would not yes I would I'm small but I'm you know scrappy Christina's favorite question is asking a relative stranger how long she would survive in the Hunger Games and so far the answer hasn't proven I've heard it so a- many times it's amazing but. I'm not gonna survive guys <laughs> Uh, and then the next one, they call me Alexandra Gaston by T.A. McLagan. Um, that one is about a secret agent. So she was born in Russia, and she's now living in the U.S., and she's been here since she's a little girl. So she's grown up in the U.S., she's kind of gone to school in the U.S., she's had relationships, but she's also a double operative. Like, she works for Russia, and she's reporting to them. So she's kind of this conflicted character, anti-hero, you know, kind of has to make the decision, you know, am I going to betray my home country or am I gonna you know protect the one I live in now I'm really excited about it and the cover's really cool is that in is that a part of the summer program read, uh, we're giving it to all of our schools in the US and Canada they get eight titles um, the titles are unlimited access for the whole month of June we have promotional materials around it and a pod or excuse me a webcast that myself and another trainer did and in that webcast I do talk about how I would survive in a post-apocalyptic scenario again and then just just for our our listeners who might be familiar with our big library read program it's basically the same thing but it's for our schools so all the schools are getting all these different titles available and like christina said there's simultaneous use for everyone to enjoy at the same time and all sorts of good stuff so really excited about it andrea do you have other book recommendations cat winters anything by cat winters you do love cat winters i do i'm 
and she never comes to the East Coast, and it hurts my heart. She was one of our big library reads. She was her in the shadow of blackbirds. Yeah, I love that book. So good. her other four, three, she has one coming out in October, are amazing. And she's got those characters, and they all take place like historical, like eight, late eighteen hundreds, nineteen twenties. Two of them have ghosts. Mm-hmm. Her most recent one, the Steep and Thorny Way, is a retelling of Hamlet in nineteen twenties Oregon. Yes, and Hamlet is a mixed race. 18 year old teenager nice so good what are do you have for other books off the top of your head I um, there's In the Shadow of Blackbirds The Cure for Dreaming which takes place during um, women's suffrage mm-hmm. kind of female empowerment kind of thing um, The Uninvited which takes place during World War II is technically adult but it's totally fine for a YA reader and then The Steep and Thorny Way which nice. I already like see the excitement in your face when you talk about it I love her so much um okay before I move on do you guys have other book recommendations of books that are out now yes we have so many we like combined all of our notes Um, we really overshot how long we were going to be talking no we could I mean we could keep going Um, now that summer's coming up I think any Morgan Matson book is good because all her books take place during summer Mm -hmm. they're easy fun reads the world is not ending so, it's, it's nothing, you know. So at 25 minutes in, we got to our first book, <laughs> Where the World Is Not Coming to Sorry, an End. Great, great job, guys. We're nailing it. Fangirl. I love Fangirl by Rainbow, Rainbow Rowell. That was amazing. We heard her talk at the Cuyahoga Public Library. She's hilarious. Like All of her books are hilarious, but that one's my favorite. That was not my favorite, too. Yeah. And she has Eleanor and Park. Yes. Eh. And then Attachment and um, Landline are adults. adults. Mm-hmm. Not, none of her stuff really, though... Is it's adult adult. It's not mature. Right. Like it, mm-hmm. a high schooler could read it. It's just a little bit. Her adult harder. books are just adult characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I like it. Any others? I know you guys have a ton of notes. I do. I could go on. I was going to say Me Before You. We talked about this earlier. Me Before You is another book that I think would be appropriate for students or young younger readers. It's not an inappropriate content book. It does have adult. Uh, what word am I thinking of? Themes. Content. Adult people. That's actually what I'm... You guys, are going, you guys are going even more intense than humans? I Humans? Adult humans. Adults. But, uh, the movie's coming out uh, shortly, and it, it was a really good read, and it's British lit, which I think more people should read British lit. It's so well done. Is that Jojo Moyes? Jojo Moyes. Moyes. And she has a sequel as well, uh, After You, and both are great. Now, did you read those together? I did. I didn't know there was a sequel, and I started reading those. So. <laughs> to be fair, you could read them as... They're standalone books, right. I feel. I think they I read Me Before You, and I don't feel the need to read Me After You. Oof. Hard. No, I, no, no, I liked Me Before You. I think you should read it. You would like it. I just... I feel the tension I in the room. I was happy. <laughs> you want to talk about tension, let's talk about The Remnant Chronicles. I did not like that series. I'm sorry. <laughs> that put a huge damper in our friendship. Which one was that? The, the Remnant Chronicles? By Mary E. Pearson. The Kiss of Deception is the first one. That's the one I read 80% of. It's, we're still not over it. We're still fighting about it. Yeah, it's still like. Well, we'll move on. I don't want to. Big contention thing between. Read them. it. It's good. Read it. It's good. I trust her. I'm gonna read it again. The first book's a little slow. That's all. It I'll is say. a little slow. I will admit that it's slow, but the second book really, really makes up for it. And the third book comes out in August, and I am probably gonna have it sit on my coffee table for, for two what? weeks. So two there's weeks. a love triangle, and it's not finished yet. So that's but why it's I'm not really it. a love triangle. Well, she makes that. you think it is, but it's not. It's not. Okay. Sassy. I know. Getting sassy in here. 
Um, Saltiness. All right, are there other ones? I don't want to step on your guys' toes. Um, I would say Remembrance by Meg Cabot. Mm-hmm. That came out in February, and it was a continuation of a series she wrote in the late 90s, early mm-hmm. 2000s. Mm-hmm. It's like the first YA series I ever read. Jesse is my first YA boyfriend, because there's quite a list of those. <laughs> um, so when I found out like a couple years ago, and she was writing another adult book for it. Mm-hmm. Again, better for, I mean, it's fine for younger readers. Um, snatched that one up right away, and I was so happy. Mm-hmm. So if you read that as a younger kid, definitely pick up Remembrance. Just make Cabot alone. Just read anything by her. Or anything by Meg Cabot, I guess. Anything by Meg Cabot, okay. I have books I'm excited about that aren't out yet, so okay. I don't know. Okay, well, we'll do that in one second. Okay. I'm All so right. excited. I'm sorry. All right, so before we get to those, just like a wide scope, large scale type of a question, why do you guys like reading young adult books? I think for me, it gives reading more of an escapism mm-hmm. kind of thing than adult books do, because I feel like for me, adult books, or maybe just the ones I've read, could happen to me. Sure. And, I, and when I read, I don't want to think of things that can actually happen to me. I am not going to save the world. Oh. I, <laughs> I don't know about that. I am not going, you know, to sprout angel wings or whatever or talk to ghosts. That's fair. So for me, reading those kind of books allows me to escape easier and better mm-hmm. than reading adult books like Me Before You, which, yes, I loved, but I could see that happening in reality. And it's hard. And it's hard. It's hard to jump out of real real worlds and go into books like that. Mm-hmm. And even realistic books for in YA, I think, are easier for me because maybe I'm not that age anymore. Mm-hmm. So when the teenagers are having issues with their significant others, I'm like, yeah. well, this is cute. Oh, honey. But yes. Yeah. <laughs> Bless you. Right. Yeah. Bless your little heart. <laughs> um, for me, it was, I guess it's because I started reading them when I was probably the appropriate age and just never stopped. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I think it, like what Andrea said it's easier to escape and as I said earlier you know being a teenager is such an interesting time in your life because you feel like so much happens to you mm-hmm. and so much happens to you that shapes who you become like I know who I was at 16 is probably why I am who I am at 28 or so yeah. and, <laughs> and for me I just think uh, especially like the romance aspect I'm not a huge lover of romance in YA but it's such a prevalent thing that I think falling in love for the first time when you're that age it's such a big deal and usually the YA authors get it right like even though sometimes it's a little angsty and a little overdone I can follow along with their mm-hmm. emotions because I remember what it was like to fall in right. love for the first time you're like what is happening to me and I just I don't I like- know I love I love the emotions. You read books like that, and you're like, you're like, yeah, you do the oh honey thing, where you're like, oh, I would have been the same thing at your age. Yeah. But now that I'm older, I'm like, oh, yeah. don't Where's do, your mom? Don't, yeah. <laughs> where are your parents? I can see that. I mean, I, I tend to, I think I have the same thing. Like, it's a, almost a nostalgia. Like, the same reason that I will go back and listen to music from when we were teenagers. It's like, oh, well, yeah, these books remind me of the books that I read when I was that age. And like you said, you it's something where you can't there's a, there might be an adult book that has themes or things you can't really relate to or crushingly sad or right. something along those lines but like no matter what a YA book is about no matter how unrealistic it is they if it's a good YA book I think the authors do a really great job of putting in emotions that people who are either that age can, can understand right. or people who are 
a little bit older can be like, oh yeah, I do remember. I remember. And, and the, the authors, especially the ones that I have mentioned and would fawn over her fangirl if I ever saw them in person, they write in such a way that it doesn't feel like they're writing to a 16-year-old. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't feel like you're reading a YA book. Yeah. No, and I don't think there's any shame in reading YA as no. an adult. And I think no. there's this, like, misconception that, like, YA books are for, and juvenile books even are for kids, and they're not. I think it's, you can, it's just like, you can watch a Pixar movie mm-hmm. and, like, appreciate the heck out of it. Yeah. It's just like that. It's for everyone, I think. And I think no matter the, the level, if it's well-written, it can kind of move your emotions. I mean, we have a podcast coming out in, like, a week or so um, with a children's author, and her name is Jewel Parker Rhodes, and she wrote this book called Towers Falling, and it's meant for like fifth and sixth graders. And I was crying when I was reading it because she's such a good writer, and I, it was amazing. And I'm gonna fawn about her <laughs> in her in that podcast. But yeah, I, I agree. I think if it's well written, it doesn't matter what the technical like age level is. That's more right. so just like the maturity, maturity, or like the verbiage they use and like the actual vocabulary, things like that. So and we're not in the minority. When no. it comes to reading YA, that's oh, the thing. Oh, no. Like, yeah. Other than romance, it's our most popular genre right. that we have for people who borrow content from Overdrive. So, yeah, I completely agree. We are not. If I go to the way. library of the bookstore, that's the first section I go to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the moment we're like defending ourselves on a podcast about young adult content. <laughs> They're so good. And for me, I mean, I read, I don't read strictly YA. I read a lot of adult fiction. And for some reason, my, like, my YA tends to be like very like strong, empowered female. And like there's this you know really great epic and then like my adult fiction is this like dark psychological crap and I'm like I don't I have like a weird dichotomy here so I'll usually read one of those and then I'll read a YA book and I'm like god I feel better you do read really dark stuff that's why I think you'd like Maya Mara Dyer I I did you told me about that I do think I'm gonna like if I'm looking at my goodreads now and I'm like it's like YA book five stars really dark messed up five stars like, you you should talk to emma who's been on previous podcasts i think she did the mystery one because her reading list is all just dark psychological it's very illuminating so you look here you're like what's going on in that brain like, it's like it's like bunnies on one side of my brain and then like scary dark cemetery on the other side like i'm sorry <laughs> all right so what are the books that are coming out that you guys are excited about i I'm so excited. Do you want to go for it? I do. I'm so excited. Um, well, do you want do you want to talk about Heartless? Can I talk about Heartless? Yeah, you talk about it. Okay, Heartless is by Marissa Meyer, who did the Lunar Chronicles. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a Alice in Wonderland book about the Red Queen. Go and on. I'm so excited. Obviously, you see Samine here. I read the Splintered series. You love Alice in Wonderland. I have Alice in Wonderland tattoos. You had an Alice in Wonderland themed wedding. I had an Alice in Wonderland themed <laughs> wedding. I was there. I waited in line for the cake. I almost got to meet the bride, and I was like, you know what? No, I'm going to get the cake instead. We're best friends now, so it's Yeah, so, and by meet the bride, out. you mean hang I out knew her, her at the time. It was like the one moment I had my chance to interact with her, and I moved past moved her. Moved on for cake. cake. Christina but feels strongly about cake. I That's love okay. Cake. But um, obviously Marissa Meyer has proven herself as an author, both of fan fiction and real fiction. Not that fan fiction isn't real fiction, anyone listening, but I think that one is really going to be a great series. We, we know it's a standalone, correct? It's not a series. Oh. I thought we had said that. I... Christina asks very intently. <laughs> like, I need to know now. But no, either way, I'm going to read it because it's Marissa Meyer. Uh, yeah, it's a standalone. Perfect. Not that that matters. I would read it anyway. <laughs> Sometimes I read so many series, it's nice to read a standalone. I agree. Once in a while. Just like that. That's fair. Do you want to go? I have more, but. Um, I guess the one I'm. I don't know. There's like three that are coming out all at the same time, 
and that's not till the fall. You can name all three of them. Um, there's Empire of Storms by Sarah J. Maas. Mm-hmm. Just said the cover reveal comes out tomorrow. Yep. And BEA. Hashtag BEA16. <laughs> um, there's The Witch's Prior, which comes out September 20th. That's from the World Walker trilogy by Josephine Angelini. Mm-hmm. I'm reading that one next. That is really good. I don't like witch books. I don't know why. Like, witch books, for some reason, never resonate with me. Sure. But this book, I was just like, well, this is... It's because you're so far off beautiful. a witch, that's why. Maybe. <laughs> um, What's the third one? I don't know. Or is that the third one? Oh, Yesternight. Yeah, you were excited about Yesternight. Yes. Oh, Cat Winters, of course. Back to right. Cat Winters. Yeah. Um, I have one more. Uh, A.G. Howard, she did the Splintered series, again, the uh, Alice in Wonderland. Uh, Roseblood, which is a uh, about Phantom of the Opera. I'm so excited about that one. It doesn't come out until January of 2017. That's but okay. I'm uh, The cover is uh, available now, and it looks so amazing. The cover is beautiful. Oh, my God. It's. I mean, even if the book is terrible. Sorry, AJ, if you're listening. I hope you're listening. But it's the cover is amazing. You killed it. Also, another peek behind the curtains. Not only does Fan of the Opera make me really excited, but Christine and her husband and my wife and I and a bunch of our friends have Broadway tickets where we go see shows in Cleveland and one of them that's coming on my wife's birthday is Phantom of the Opera. I cried, obviously. Oh well, yeah. Because <laughs> I just cried. Yeah. Um, are there any other books that you guys are excited about? Um, As Andrea sings Phantom of the Opera for you. I don't know. I mean, there's so many books that I have to read even just from talking right now. Mm-hmm. Right. I didn't know about the Cat Winters books and now I'm on Goodreads reading about them. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to read those. Well, I'll say, so we had Matthew Quick on the podcast recently, he of the Silver Linings Playbook fame, and uh, also Forgive Me, Leonard Peacock, which is not new, this is one of his older YA books, but it is heartbreakingly amazing, Uh, and he has a book coming out at the end of May called Every Exquisite Thing, which is why I interviewed him in the first place, Uh, so that'll be coming out in a couple weeks, and if you're a fan of Perks of Being a Wallflower or uh, Catcher in the Rye, you'll absolutely love Every Every Exquisite Thing, Um, so that's really great. Oh, The Beauty of Darkness. It's the third book in the Rumnet Chronicles. That comes out in August. I feel like I need to write a retelling that has the word Chronicles. And we will read the crap out and of I'm, it. And I'll be good to go. You'll be fine. Yeah. You, just, the, I think the series titles could be Chronicles, and I'd be like, I want that. <laughs> yeah. Chronicles, what's it about? It's a retelling. It's, it's a re- enough. That's, that's all fine. you need to know. That's all yeah. I need. All right. I think if, you're, you know, if you use our services, a lot of libraries, uh, in schools especially, do like a retelling collection. Mm-hmm. Or they have some similar naming. I love retellings. Yeah. I could honestly read those and nothing but those. Oh, yeah. I, our Half of our bookshelf is all just fairy tales and retellings of fairy tales. Well, because when the authors take it, they make it, they really do make it their own. Mm-hmm. Like, you can see the parallels, but you're also like, and you just ran with this. Yeah. It's like fan fiction. It's just like fan fiction. But I gotta pay for it. Maybe we'll do a whole podcast where Christina can just have her soapbox on talking about <laughs> why fan fiction is so great. Fan fiction is so great, so. guys. All right. Anything else you guys want to add before I wrap this up? Ask me in 20 minutes because I'll think of something. Well, yeah, so- seriously. Something tells me this will be popular and I will be bringing you guys back to, to do more YA stuff. I mean, we might even have to break it down. Like, yeah, if you want to get into subgenres. Oh, we, yeah, I know. That's... Sad, YA, romance, sus- I was going to say suspense. 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 Well, yeah, and that's one of the things we always joke about with the podcast. It's like we talk about nonfiction and that's. That's so broad. Same thing with young adults. I feel like we just glossed over things. Well, we'll have a lot more times to talk about this. So um, thank you guys for joining me last minute and for doing extensive research on all the books that you've been reading. 
and also for being amazing. <laughs> I had to bribe Andrea with cookies, <laughs> which I now have to bring her tomorrow. I went, I went on that. Deal. Christina will also get cookies. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. All of the books that we mentioned, you can find at overdrive.com. These are all available through your library. Uh, you can sample all these books at overdrive.com, and we will also put up a list of all the titles that we discussed today, so you'll be able to find them all in one simple, happy place. Uh, next week, Joe will be back, I hope, and she and I will have witty banter, as always. Uh, so thank you all for listening, and mostly Christina and Andrea, thank you guys for joining me. Was our banter not witty enough? It was wonderfully witty. Perfect. We're on Goodreads if you ever want to follow us. Andrea, Soraki, and Christina Samick. Yep. Hello. Don't follow me for all the YA reads. <laughs> There's some weird stuff on there. Don't yeah. judge me. So, All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.